The greatest power in the universe is life, and it's in you. Every moment, every hour, every day, month, and year, you gain more experience, more ability, more power. Go be great. You're listening to the Go Be Great podcast with Travis Wood Sr. Inspiring you to strive for greatness in everything, everywhere, every time. Go be great! Great day. Welcome to the Go Be Great podcast. I am Travis Wolf Sr. and you are great. I have a very, very special guest with me here today. You guys may recognize her. You may know her. My wife, Diana Ivelisse. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So everybody, Diana Ivelisse is a an extraordinary woman, to be honest with you. She's an extraordinary mother, extraordinary wife. She's such a great support. And she truly, truly helps the wolf pack progress like she is the backbone of our family believe it or not the things that she does is extraordinary she has worked as a hollywood talent agent she is an entertainment career consultant she has managed and currently manages myself my daughter anaya my son travis and even our daughter sky she's she's extraordinary and having all this experience working with all of us in the industry, and I just got started in the industry myself. But Travis, as junior, as you know, he's been in the industry for a while, and I as well for the past six and a half years. And Diana has coached them and trained them and managed them throughout the entire process. So we're super, super happy to have her here because she's going to answer some great questions for us today. The number one question I think that you get because of your experience in the industry is what? How to get started. How, How to get, get started. started. How do I get started? So I know that's a lot of people's question right now, and we want to definitely make sure that we answer that question for you here today. So without further ado, guys, I mean, if you want to know more about Diana, I can talk about her all day and how amazing that she is. But if you want to learn more about her, you can definitely find information online about her. You can definitely search her up on um, Instagram, Facebook, you know, and all her information is there. And we'll give you more information as we go along. But hey, answer that question for the people. How do I get started in the industry? Well, the first thing that I would say that an actor should do is take some classes. Take some classes and just make sure that you enjoy learning about the art of acting. Because as with anything that anyone does and wants to be great at doing, you have to train. You have to train. And if you don't enjoy training, then it may not be something for you, right? So as far as parents of actors... Um, There are a few steps that a parent has to take in order for the kid to be able to work in the major film markets, which are permits. Um, Permits are just like working permits for any minor. Um, It just allows the child to be able to work on set. There are certain rules as far as how long they could be on set, um, how they're treated on set, and um, just things like that. Um, There's also uh, Coogan accounts. Coogan accounts are trust accounts that the child needs to have. Now, this is, there's different rules for every state. So you just want to make sure that you are kind of Googling and looking up what your state requires. But when it comes to the major film markets like New York and LA and Georgia, you know, there are certain guidelines that you have to follow. And on the East Coast, you know, UTMA accounts, UGMA accounts are acceptable. But when it comes to LA, the child must have what's called a Coogan account. And you can open it up at, um, Many banks, you know, um, have these accounts for the child and 15% of their pay 
goes directly into this account for the child. So before you even see a paycheck, the 15% is automatically deducted by the production's payroll. It's put into this account and this account cannot be touched until the child is 18. It's completely court blocked. Um, you can move it from bank to bank, but you can't um, take out money. You can put in money, but just understand that that money cannot be touched until the child is 18. So um, that's kind of like the two main things that you have to do for the children. And then after that, it just kind of goes to, you know, basically general steps that all actors have to take as far as making sure that you have a headshot. Mm. Um, a headshot is super important. It's pretty much your ticket into the casting room. You know, um, you must have a headshot that looks <laughs> the way you actually look. And that pretty much is intriguing and just tells a story. Um, these headshots are used for your casting profiles. Um, casting profiles are basically profiles that, you know, your agents will use to submit you for projects. Uh, these headshots are used for your social media. They're used for your websites. They're used for your business cards. So when your agent submits you for a job, you know, it goes over to the casting director. Casting director sees all these different headshots, all these different pictures of these actors, and then they pretty much choose who they're interested in bringing in for the audition. So if your picture is not intriguing, you know, if it doesn't tell a story, if it doesn't pull in the casting director, then it could limit how many times you're actually brought in for auditions. So real quick, before you before you move on past that, because I felt you kind of winding down with that with, with the headshot thing, but I, I want to ask you one more question about headshots because we've seen some headshots that some people have taken and you've shown me some headshots and you've like, this is this is exactly what you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And what kind of headshots are those types of headshots and what type of phones or cameras were they taking on? Well, you don't want to take a headshot on a phone. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, your headshot, you want your headshot to be a professional headshot. Um, and saying that, I don't suggest that people go out and just spend $1,000 on a headshot. If you pretty much do your research and find out what's required of a headshot, you can kind of talk to anyone who has professional experience in photography and letting them know what you're trying to achieve. And you can probably together achieve what you need and, you know, spend within three to $400. Now, you actually can find headshot photographers for three to $400 as well. So people usually think that the more that they spend, you know, the better the, the quality, the better the picture, but that's not always the case. And there are a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to headshots. Um, there are two particular headshots that you are really going to need, which is the theatrical and the commercial headshot. And the theatrical headshot is a little bit more fierce, is a little bit more about the eyes, not too much smiling. It may have a more of a, a, a darker type of feel. And it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, like you're just telling a story with your eyes. And these kind of headshots are usually used for uh, TV shows, uh, films, and things like that. And then you have the commercial headshot. And it's exactly what it sounds like. So commercial headshots are usually used for commercial um, gigs and they're a little bit more bright and smiley and just you know personality and it's just pretty much all in the smile um, it could be a closed smile but generally they like an open smile so they can see your teeth because for some jobs it's it's important to know what the teeth looks like so those are the two headshots that you generally gonna need do not use a cell phone 
um, a DSLR camera if you have if you want to take you know take it yourself that's okay um, but there are certain um, expectations like the background being blurred you know they don't want any distractions in a photo so when it comes to the, the photo it should be pretty much framed around your chest up right just above your head you can even actually cut off your head and post if you want to just a little bit you know just the top part so that you can kind of eliminate the background it's okay to kind of see it you know around here because you can't completely avoid it but you want it to be blurred out you don't want to have a lot of nature behind you trees and flowers really more so dimension you know maybe some like building something that when it's blurred out it just kind of kind of looks like colorful lines if that makes sense um, if you look up good headshots on Google, you can kind of see, even though there are a few in there that may not be what's considered a good headshot, the majority of them, you'll start to see a pattern. You'll start to see a pattern of what the headshots are supposed to look like. And they don't want things in the picture, especially for the children. They don't want things like headbands and big earrings. Um, they what don't if want to my, um, pardon me. What if I have my, my favorite designer or my favorite go be great. No, team. absolutely not. Nothing distracts. N absolutely not. Nothing distracting. So, um, you want to have a shirt that's as plain as possible. If you do have a sort of print, you want to make sure it's not a loud print. You don't want to have like really crazy um, patterns, like hard, like really hard, you know, um, stripes and stuff like that. Um, no logos at all. No words at all. Um, and even, you know, try to avoid pockets if you can, but that's, you know, that can be looked, you know, fast. But yeah, so no distractions. Um, if you're going to wear makeup, light makeup, um, they really want to see the natural texture of your skin and what you really look like. Because we all know that everyone could be made up, right? Everyone could get makeup put on them and look better, but they want to know how you look naturally because maybe the role maybe in the role, whether you're wearing makeup or not, it's a more of a natural role. And if you're wearing red lipstick and blush and fake eyelashes, they don't really know what you look like. That's good. That's really, really, really good. What if I have what if I have the, the what if I have the iPhone eleven Pro Max that has a, a great camera? Or what if I have like I guess people who are Samson people out there or Android people, God bless you. Um what what if you have that Android phone, right? And it's like the best, you know, the the Galaxy, whatever, the best Galaxy that's out that has a great camera on it that people say are better better than the iPhone camera. Can I use that camera? Because that that can blur the background, kind of. It, it it can, but for some reason, I think you always can tell the difference. Um, what I usually say to people is it's better to have something than nothing at all, right? So in the beginning, if you're unable to afford to get um, a headshot done at that time and you're ready to begin. I don't want to really give bad advice and say, just do it. But if you really feel that you can achieve what you've been seeing on your, on your phone and you have some kind of um, knowledge of Photoshop where you can kind of, you know, clean up some things, blur up some things, brighten some things, do it. But in the meantime, as you're submitting yourself and doing different things, you know, and getting yourself, your foot into the door, you want to always improve. So mm -hmm. save up, get yourself a headshot photographer, and get yourself some real headshots. 
because these people have been doing this for like years. They can really, they can look and they can tell what's a cell phone photo and what's a professional taking headshot, you know, they can tell. Now, what I can say is for young children who are about, I want to say from newborn to maybe around like six years old, you can get away with snatch snapshots sometimes, especially when you're submitting to the agents. The agents will initially accept a snapshot just to see what the child looks like. It's because children, they're always changing. Um, their features are always changing. So they don't expect you to go and spend $500 every six months getting new headshots. But they do, there still are rules to that. You still have to follow all of the other rules as far as, you know, no big bowls and all that, you know, good stuff. And you want to make sure that the child is the center of attention in the photo and that you can see them very clearly. And they'll advise you on whether, you know, they feel like at that point you should get professional photos. But I usually say maybe around like six, seven years old, that's when you want to start really looking into um, getting professional pictures for your child. Awesome. Awesome. I, I got to as I'm as I'm watching you speak about this, um, it's obvious that you're extremely knowledgeable about it. Um, and maybe that comes from your personal experience coupled with your experience when you were working as, as an agent as well. Um, but I see your passion and your love and your enthusiasm for this as you talk about it. I always do. I get to witness her every day, really just, <laughs> just in her element. And she, she just loves, really loves and lives and breathes, breathes this industry and what it takes for people to get started, especially, especially for youth and the parents of youth, she really loves to educate them and really help them. And, and I, I want to ask you a question before we can, before we continue. Wh what is it that, that, that why did you get started in this particularly helping youth, especially underprivileged youth, get access to resources and opportunities in the arts and, and helping youth to get to understand the entertainment industry and, and their families? What, what, what motivated you? Why did you do it? What inspired you to do it? And, and like how... Why did you get started, basically, is what I want to know in mm -hmm. that space. Well, okay. So, you know, our journey, most people know, just kind of started with our oldest, who was interested in acting. And along the way, things kind of fit together for us like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of stumbled into some things, and we kind of, I don't want to say we skipped any steps, but the steps were kind of lined up for us. Not to say that it wasn't work, but... um I felt at some point once I, I I started thinking about it and people were reaching out to me on a consistent basis, um, reaching out to me, texting me and inboxing me on social media and emailing me and all kinds of things and just asking me, you know, how we were doing what we were doing and just kind of telling me their stories about how they were scammed and, and how they just didn't know what the next step was and how, you know, they were misinformed, how there's so much information, they're just overwhelmed. And I just felt like it was my job to kind of help people with the process because the process was just kind of, I felt like the process was kind of handed to me and not handed to me in a way of like here, like I was given things, but when I was yeah, doing my research, given. yeah, it's like as I was doing my research and I was kind of saying and, and praying and things were just kind of clicking together and everything that I came across that I researched I would always either avoid that scam, find information to find out that that wasn't, you know, the right information, that that wasn't the right company, that that wasn't the right thing to do. And I would always find this out before I made the mistake. And then sometimes when small mistakes were were 
you know, did happen, I was able to do research to kind of get myself up and around it where it didn't really, um, it really hurt us that much. It didn't hurt us that much, you know? And I just felt like that was a blessing. And I felt like, and, and, and also it was just very exciting. Like researching was like, it like sparked a fire in me, you know? Like I wanted to learn. I wanted to know more. And the more I knew, the more it was just, you know, I just, it was just something that just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it sparked a fire in me. So with that, along with people just kind of reaching out, and with everything just kind of coming together for us, I just felt like it was just the right mix combination to just give back, you know? Um, when I would kind of look into what I can do to support my kids um, in the industry and still have something of my own to do as far as work, because a lot of the things I was doing before I had to let go. So I was kind of thinking of what can I do where I can help people, I can still be there for my children and still have an income you know, I had to think about what what I had passion for. What did I love? What came naturally to me? And it was that. It was just that. And um, ever since then, you know, I've never stopped. And I am a person that needs newness all the time. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it always has to be different. And that's what this industry brings. It's just nothing is ever boring. There's always new things happening. Every day is different. And it keeps me pumping. It keeps my blood pumping. So, I love it. I love it. I, I want to ask you when you, you know, well, first thing I want to mention when you, you said mistakes and, you know, we have a different, um, we, ha we have a certain way of believing and understanding things. Um, and normally when we speak about um, mistakes, we don't call them mistakes necessarily um, because we believe that all experience is experience and we learn and we grow from that experience. So some of us who may have gotten scammed along the way, um, or who may have gotten, you know, may have gotten into a bad deal. Um, it, it, ne it wasn't necessarily a mistake. It was experience, and we learned and we grow grow from it. I almost got scammed. Um, we almost got scammed because when Anaya, when she first got started in the industry, there was um, an organization that there tried was a to, few of them. Few I don't know if you remember. We went to a, we went to a few of those casting calls, big yeah. casting calls, mm -hmm. and things like that. And um, you go to these big casting calls at big events. You even hear them on the radio. They were even like, so you, you, you know, it's true. You know, it's good because you hear it on, you know, when we were in Philly, it was like Power 99. And we're like, oh, my God, they played this commercial for this thing. So we end up going there. I wasn't with you, but you and I ended up going there and we find out late. Well, I was like, you came home telling me it was like two grand or something to get started. And I'm oh, like, no, that was one of them. One was, was like seven grand. And I was like, yo, whatever it was, my like, yo, we'll <laughs> figure it out for my daughter. We'll do whatever it takes, you know, and I was willing to break the bank. I might have had to rob the bank because I ain't had the money at the time, but, <laughs> but tax returns. I was anything. ready. Whatever it took, right? <laughs> of course, I wouldn't rob a bank, but you know, like what whatever it took to make it happen, um, I was willing to do it. And luckily, because you researched it before we went in and paid the money, because you did your due diligence, I didn't come out of pocket and and pay that money. And we we were able to be blessed enough not to ever get scammed. So I think it's important to always research, research, research before you sign on any dotted lines. Before I'm the kind of guy that gets hyped, like, oh my God, that can help my daughter? Sure, whatever. You know, <laughs> babe, what do you think? And hopefully she's like, wait, let's research it first. Because if not, mm -hmm. we're all in before we know it, we're, we're in trouble. But knowing how important it is to go in and learn before you make that decision is very, very important. So I'm glad that you said that because a lot of our friends have gotten hurt like that. Or I don't want to say hurt, but they've, that's not true. A lot of our friends have had an experience where they've gotten scammed and had to learn that lesson, right? And it's protected them. They won't probably do it again, but 
we don't want to have that experience if we don't need to, right? So yeah. I also want to ask if you can maybe just kind of elaborate a little bit more on some of the things that we might want to be mindful about or want to look out for that might um, that might not appear to be scammy or might not appear to be bad. Like, for example, when we first moved to L.A., um, Anaya had an opportunity to to do some work with with a company who wanted to sign her to something and sign her to their agency. And when we did sign to the agency, we found out later on that it wasn't compatible with, with us. It wasn't necessarily a scam, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing or anything like that. But it wasn't it, it, it wasn't compatible with us. It didn't help us and serve us the way we thought it would serve Anaya. So because it didn't serve her that way, we wanted to, we had to eventually come out of that contract. Um, there's some things that are out there that might not appear to be a scam or might not be a scam, but just might not be good for the person or, or, their, or their child or, their, or the family. What kind of, what can you say to that? First of all, um, I just want to say that there are a lot of people out there that, that are ready to take advantage of people who are very anxious about, you know, just wanting to get started and wanting to see their self on the big screen. Cause that's, mm. that's the outcome, you know, that many people want from this, you know, they want to become an, not so much an A-list actor because there's, there's a lot of people who just want to be a working actor. They're not really looking to be famous, but you know, there's a certain fire that I see in many people who want to get started in the industry. And when people see that they take advantage of it. And some of the signs that you can, um, that you get are people, number one, trying to charge you for them to represent you or mm, for them to good. cast you in um, in a position for a project. And you should never have to pay an agency. Um, you should never have to pay an, a manager. You should never have to pay a casting director um, or anybody else to do what you love to do. There are no fees involved. Now, what I can say is in some of the smaller states where they're outside of the major film market, there I actually have heard of a few legit agencies who have small fees to get involved with the, with them. And they are legit, um, but there are small fees. Let's say um, the most that I've heard was like 175 something like that. Um, it's kind of frowned upon, but it's not against the law in their state. So they can do that. And it's not to say that they will not get you work because some of these agencies are legit. But when you start hearing things in the thousands, that's when it's, you know, for sure something isn't right. Because what happens is there's a lot of companies who say that they're an agency, but they're not a talent agency. They're an agency who provides services that helps you get started and get in a position possibly to look for representation. So there's a difference, right? So when you sign with a talent agency, the agent's responsibility is to submit you for projects automatically from there. They use your headshot, whatever credentials you have, you know, on your resume to submit you for work that comes onto an online system and if you fit the description and you qualify, they're going to submit you. And then from there, the casting director will reach out to that agent and ask you to come in for an audition. If you're booked, then the agent will negotiate your contract. They will close out the details. They'll sign the paperwork for you, all that good stuff. 
These other agencies, what they do is they say, hey, we're really interested in your child. We want you to come in. We want you to do this audition or walk. We want to have them walk the runway. And then after you do that, they say, hey, we're really interested in bringing your child on board. Here are the details. It's going to be $1,200, $300 for our photographer, $600 for our classes, $200 to be on our online site. for our modeling coach to come in and teach your child how to walk. But when you pay that money and you go through all those different, which for some people it may help, but it's not necessary. And you go through all that. And then when you're finished, you're finished. They don't help you get an agent. They don't help you get work. And then you're just right back to the drawing board again of trying to figure out what the next step is. And it's not their responsibility to take you to the next step. It's only the responsibility to do what it says in that paperwork. But people don't know how to distinguish the difference. They just see all that and they feel like that's what a talent agent is supposed to do. And the talent agent, it's not a talent agent's responsibility to make sure that your package is in order. That's what they call a package. Your headshots, your resumes, your demo reels, they call that a package. And a talent agent does not deal with that. They want to they have it. They're going to ask you for it. But it's not their responsibility to to lead you along the way. That's a manager's responsibility. Um, so, you know, people don't know the difference. And um, they'll sign and then they'll find out later. And then, you know, they feel like they've been scammed. And in some way it is a scam because they don't explain that to the person. So they're not being forthcoming with yes. the information before they start. And then there's other agencies that just say, we can make your child a star. And then they say, well, we're going to have this trip and they're going to go to Disney and they're mm-hmm. going to do this and that. And they'll do all that. But maybe, just maybe, there might be one kid that gets lucky from that. And they have the hundreds of kids whose parents have paid thousands of dollars. And maybe mm-hmm. one kid will get recognized from, from something like that. You know? Wow. So, um, yeah. And then also we have the showcases. Showcases, there are a legit showcases but again, it's not necessary. Parents are spending five, six, seven thousand dollars for the showcase. Then they're traveling to wherever the showcase is. They're paying for room and board and you know, travel expenses, everything else. And then this showcase is saying, okay, we're gonna put your child in front of, you know, however many uh agents and managers, and they have the opportunity to perform. And many kids have gotten, you know, agents and managers through this through this process. And yes, that is true. Many kids have, but it's not necessary. You know, they might hold classes and your kid might get awards. They have competitions and it's fun and all that good stuff. And they're doing exactly what they're telling you they're going to do, which they use them your money to pay the agents to come in to see your kids. So these agents are being paid to come in. To look mm. at your kids. So they don't really have, it's not like they're coming in there because they need kids, because they need to fill their roster. They're coming in because they're being paid to come in. And then some of the ki- these kids do, you know, get interest from some of these agents and managers. But there's a process that you can do that will eliminate spending $10,000 to get an agent or a manager. If your kid has it, if your kid has it, all you have to do is follow a few simple steps. And not to say it's simple to get an agent or a manager, but the steps to follow are simple. And if it's meant to be, it's going to happen without you spending all of that money. Now, now Diana, you have, a, um, you have a group on social media, on Facebook, right? Where you, 
you talked about there's there's steps, right? And you outline those steps, you know, with, in your group. You share the information with your group all the time. There's a bunch of everything Diana's talking about here times a thousand is in because this industry is so so vast. There's so much information. There's constantly um, information being updated. There's constantly we're constantly getting new information. We're constantly learning more and growing more ourselves. And the more Diana learns, the, the more she shares with the group, right? So if you guys want to learn more information, definitely, definitely join her group. It is Affirm Your Star, Affirm Your Star on Facebook. That's the group. And you also have a program where you help individuals who want to get more hands-on and get more, kind of get guided through the process more. Um, well, okay. So the group has a lot of resources, right? There's resources, there are sometimes opportunities. Um, it doesn't really outline the one, two, three, four, like the steps, but all of the steps, the information for all of the steps are in the group. So okay. you go in the group, you'll find out, you know, about headshots, you'll find out about managers and agents and all that stuff. The program is more of the step-by-step, you know, the step-by-step of okay. how to get it done along with the resources that will show you where to get it done, how to get it done and all that good stuff. So um, that's what the what the program does. So side-by-side, joining the group and the program, it's like you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I love it. I, I just wanted to put that out there before I continue asking you any more questions because I know people will probably have questions and they kind of want more information, but obviously the podcast being pre-recorded, if they're watching or listening, they're not able to ask those questions. So I'm just trying to think of what people would say if, if they were watching, you know, if, if I was watching and wanted this information, what kind of questions I'd be asking. And so I know people always ask you, where can I get more information? Is there more? How can I work with you? You know, how can I learn this? And I always hear you direct them to the group. So another question that I had for you, because you mentioned um, you mentioned different ways, you know, for, to, for us to get started. You mentioned, you know, how, how we can avoid certain, you know, certain scams and different things like that. Um, what would you say to a person who has a child who thinks that their child is ready or an individual who's, you know, not a child, an adult, but an individual who thinks that they're ready um, to get started in the industry, but doesn't have, doesn't have the full package, <clears throat> pardon me, but doesn't have the full package, but they want to get started. Um, what is the absolutely very first step that they should take? Like we talked about before, um, take I, I would suggest taking a class if you've never taken a class before. Um, if you're someone who has been in school plays and things like that, so you've you've actually had some type of experience and you loved it and it it, it you know drove you and people told you that you did an amazing job and all that good stuff and you just kind of already know. Um, then go ahead to the next step. Now, training, you have to do that regardless along the way. Um, but if you've already had some type of experience, then go and get your headshot. Okay. So what you said before is the process you said earlier that you outlined, start with the headshots, right? Okay. That's the very first step. Headshots, because you can't really do anything without them. Now, on in some of the smaller markets, um, some of the other states outside of the major film markets, you might get away with, you know, sending in a picture from your phone. But those are for, you know, non-union, unregulated jobs. You know, anything that's professional. And non-union, there's plenty of non-union work that's professional. I mean, there's Old Navy and all that. You know, those big companies do non-union work. So I'm not saying that um, non-union is unprofessional. But there are smaller projects that will take a cell phone photo. But for anything that 
is professional, where there is a production and there is, you know, pay involved and there is, you know, you're getting credited and there's contracts and all of that stuff. The casting director that's hired to cast the project are going to expect to see professional headshots. So that's it. So you can't get around it. Can't get around, can't it. Get around it. You need okay. your headshot. What do you say if you have somebody like me, all right, who's got their headshots, right? Never really acted a day in their life, but but knows that they're great, right? They know that they have it. They believe in themselves. Like, yo, if I, I know I can do this. I know I can act. I know I'm good, right? But they don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. Is that where you would say, would you start, you know, start putting yourself out there or would you first get classes or would you do it simultaneously? Oh, everything, everything. Um, I feel like everything is simultaneous in this industry. Like, I feel like, um, and some, some people, especially some of the parents I come across, they want things to move along faster. And it's like, you don't have to start the permit process, wait for the permits to come in to get the headshots. You can get the headshots done while you are waiting for the permits to come back. And your child can also be taking a class and so on and so on and so on. Starting the casting profile, your casting profiles, um, you know, even submitting for agents. So you can do as much as you are willing and able to do at the same time. So if you have no experience, but you have your headshots, what I suggest you do is number one, Find a class to take. <laughs> we keep saying that over and over again. But start your casting profiles, right? So Actors Access, Casting Frontier, LA Casting. If you're not in LA, ca- um, Casting Networks. Start your online profiles. Get your headshots uploaded on them. Join Facebook groups where um, different uh, indie filmmakers are sharing projects that they're looking to cast for. Or, you know, usually some of those projects, especially if you... Um, Especially if you visit some of the colleges that have film programs, you can go and you could drop your headshot off there. And these students who have to, you know, create final projects for their like their thesis projects, um, there they ha- they have access to professional equipment, and then they mm-hmm. have their teachers who have been, you know, have worked professionally in the field who are guiding them. So a lot of times you can get into these um, indie projects, you can get into these school um, projects. Um, and then you can use that to make a resume, you know, to add credits to your resume, to add credits to your casting profiles. You might even get some good footage from there that you can use for your what we call demo clips or demo reel. And then you can use that to go and now be hired for professional work. Because what happens is when you when you're putting down your credits and you don't want to lie. You never want to lie. You never want to make something seem bigger than it is. You want to put exactly what you've done and who you've done it for, right? But when these cast directors are looking at your resume and they're seeing which resumes, there there is a specific format to an actor's resume. So it's not formatted the same way your resume would be formatted for a regular job. So just know that. So make sure you do your research on that as well. Make sure you're crediting, crediting yourself correctly as well because you can look like someone who doesn't have a lot of experience and they can tell an amateur from a professional actor right away from the way that your resume is formatted. But you want to make sure that you properly credit yourself. But when they're looking at it and they're looking at the jobs and they're looking at the productions that have that are behind these jobs, they don't know every single production company, school, everything Mm -hmm. else that, you know, exists. 
So they don't they don't really look so much at that column, more so looking at what your role was in the project. Whether it was a principal role, a lead role, a supporting role, co-star, guest star, like there's so many different terms for different sections, film, TV, and so on. So um you know, just try to get into as many projects as you can. Be careful in doing that because sometimes, like I said, with the un- the non-union work, it's unregulated. So a lot of the rules sometimes aren't followed. So sometimes you're taken advantage of as far as your time mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to do research on the project. Make sure that the people who are involved have done projects in the past that have went to completion where if they said that they were going to credit people on IMDb, that they actually did, um, that they had things maybe, they have projects that have been in festivals, gotten awards, things like that, and just be very selective as to who you work with. But that's how if you are, if you don't have experience and you're new, but you have your headshot, you can get started. That's good. And to, just to show you that Diana, she's not just making this up or she's not doing what she hasn't practiced Travis, when he started acting, and Anaya, when they started acting, they acted in a lot of indie projects. Mm-hmm. They, When they first got started, they, they did have an agent, but you know you can't depend on your agent to always get you work. Sometimes you can get work your, on your own. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of student films. They did, I mean, we were at Villanova. We were yeah, doing were stuff extras. with people at NYU. They were extras and, yeah. and big stuff. Anaya was an extra in that in some, some film oh that- um, Orange is the New Black, Law and Order- like royal pains, like just a lot of um, some of the stuff that we recognize, you know, they've been in as extras. And um, now extra work, though, extra work shouldn't go on your resume. That's the thing. Extra work is more so for your own experience and just seeing how sets are run and things like that. Um, a professional actor wouldn't put extra work on their resume. Some people do it. But then that's when you're, you know. So getting casted as an extra, as become an, an extra. As, well, not getting casted as the extra because if you if you're submitting your resume for a certain gig, oh, yes, they're not going to just they're not going to be casting extras. There's companies that cast extras. Okay. You know, what I mean, casting directors they cast principal roles, okay. right? Thank you for clearing that up. But if a casting director sees that all your work, you know, all your experience is extra, extra, extra. They're going to be like, this person has no, what they call real experience, even though to you, you know, that is an experience for you, but not what they feel like is a qualified person for the role. So what I usually tell people, because they like to cushion their resume with extra, 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 just so that it looks like they've done a lot of things, a resume that has three trainings and two projects is much more professional and much more attractive than a resume that has two projects, six extra roles, and three trainings. You see what I'm saying? So it's not Mm. really about it being meaty. It's about what you've actually done and what your experience is for you to understand that extra work doesn't go on your resume, right? So um, yeah, I mean, you just learn this as you go along. And yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I'm so glad you 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 corrected me on that because I don't want I want to make sure people get the right information. This is why you go to the experts and not me because this is, you know what I mean. I want to make sure you want to. Sometimes we we ask other people, other actors, or we ask other people who we think know something about the industry, like what should we do, what steps should we take. We ask them for information and they might misguide us. This was a clear example. I don't know what Diana knows about the industry, so I might 
tell you something that's incorrect. So when you ask me, I won't even try to answer. I'll tell you. Well, this is the to thing too. One thing that I've learned about this industry is that it's very. What is it? Is it called subjective? Is that what it's called when there's so many different yes. um, views, right? So. There's a lot of people who give information that's not necessarily the wrong information. It just may not be the right information for you and your situation. This industry is, there's like, um, what people don't understand and what I, what I really sometimes don't like to see is when someone talks as if that is the only way and that is the right way when there's other ways. You know what I mean? You're the queen because, of doing things the, the, the other ways. Yeah. So when I talk to people, I usually kind of say like in my experience, in my experience, what I've learned, things mm -hmm. like that. Because even when it comes to some people saying, well, you know, casting directors don't like this. They don't like that. You have to do this. You have to do that. But you'll watch casting director interviews where they'll be like, well, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind that. Like something like that. I'd understand. Um, and it's just like, okay, but this person just said that's like a no-no. But then here goes this casting director has casted all of these huge projects, has been doing this for 20 plus years, and they're saying that it's okay. So it's like, I don't, like when you, when I talk about certain things, like there's certain things that you just shouldn't do that are a no-no, but then there's a lot of things that are just kind of subjective. So I kind of tell people like, do what feels right to you. But in my experience, this is what I've learned. This is what has been proven to work for me and my children, you know, and things like that. So I love that. That's good. Yeah. That's very good. Very good. Now, I'm going to we're going to wrap this up. We're going to definitely need to do a part two and ask more questions or maybe do a part three because you have you're such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this industry, this industry stuff. And I know that people want to know a lot about it. So one more question before I go. I just want to ask. Right now, during this time, right Obviously, it's the COVID-19 pandemic thing, right? Whatever. So during this time, what would you say to an actor or someone wanting to become an actor that they should be doing right now during this time to prepare for life after COVID? Mm -hmm. um, or after the restrictions, to be clear, after the restrictions are lifted and we can do more work, whatever, and get back to what was the, the old norm. Well, first and foremost, taking care of yourself, right? Because a lot of us are going through a lot of different things right now. So just making sure that you are staying healthy, that you're exercising, that you're working those brain muscles, um, that you are... Practice. Yeah, meditation, just, just all of that. Because you have to stay strong in, in all of those different aspects in order to even survive this industry anyway. Yes. So that's something that you have to make sure that you're doing. But um, for people who are new to the industry... This is a good time to start researching and learning. And there's so many classes right now, Zoom calls and conferences and all kind of panel discussions that you could be watching and learning about the industry because that's really important. This is a real job. And that's something that I tell a lot of people because I'm like, yeah, it's, it seems very beautiful and fun and it can be and it, it is, but this is a really hard job to do. And I, for one, people ask me all the time, you know, why, why are you, why, are, you know, are you doing this? Why are you supporting your kids? Did you want to be an actor? Absolutely not. And I've actually been in some projects because of my children and I've learned even more that that is not what I want to do. I don't have, you know, the patience or anything for it, but it is a real job. So learn about it. Make sure it's something that you're willing to put your all into. Willing, make sure that you're willing to do, make the sacrifices because, um, a lot of this goes unpaid. A lot of this mm -hmm. goes, you know, you don't get um, 
what do you call it? Like, you know, there's no cheerleaders, you know, along the way you lose, you know, friendship. Sometimes you, sometimes you don't, you can't spend time with your family and friends the way you, you, you used to in the past, you know, your privacy is taken from you. You know, there's a lot of things that go into this. So you have to make sure you have a true passion for it. And after that, <laughs> after you realize, yes, this is what I want to do and everything else, start taking the steps as to finding out who you're going to have taking your photos get on these casting profiles. Actors Access is free to register, right? So um, in order for you to submit yourself, you have to pay in the future, but get onto Actors Access, learn the casting profile platform, start setting, you know, setting it up, putting your, you know, picture on there, your skill sets and just learning because they're all pretty much, even though they have different features, they're all pretty much the same. You put your headshots, your clips, your skill sets, and then boom, right? Start looking into the agencies that you want to be represented by and see how they um, accept their submissions, what they require in their submissions so that you can know what you need to have in your package in order to submit yourself to these agencies. Um, if you are already an actor, uh, you should be working on your craft. Um, you should be finding ways to market yourself and let people know what you've done and... Um, you know, networking, reaching out to all of the people along the way that you've met um, that were significant to you in some kind of way that really were a part of that journey, whether it was a director that you worked with in the past, whether it was a casting director, they cast you for a few projects. Um, you know, some some actors, they actually do newsletters. Um, if you have something to update them on, like don't just send a newsletter and just put anything on it, you know, there's actual, let's say there's a casting director you worked with, let's say two years ago, and you know, they cast some of the biggest projects, you know, that you know. And um, after the fact, you were casted in some other big projects, you know, you were a co-star, guest star in, mm -hmm. you can create a newsletter and update them. Hey, you know, it was really great, um, you know, working with you on this project. I just wanted to update you on some of the things I've done since that time. I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Um, this is a good time to clean up your profiles, update your profiles, update your resumes. Um, this is a good time to get more training. This is a good time to, to clean up your, your social media. Um, this is a good time to just, it's, it's a good time to just do whatever it is, whatever it was that you didn't have time to do before all of this happened. Yes. You know, that, that's, you know, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, but she, something that she said that I thought was really important I'm going to touch on really, really briefly is just, you know, during this time, continuously work on your, working on your craft, right? Right now, I'm, I'm in two different virtual acting classes, and there's many, many virtual acting classes. There's a lot of free stuff online. I'm going to all the free stuff, learning all the information, and just really interested in just bettering myself, gaining more knowledge. You can always reach... We'll put some links in the description of the video and on the podcast as well, Um this is not sponsored by any, you know, by Masterclass, you know, but a Masterclass has some amazing, uh, amazing, amazing actors on there, like Samuel L. Jackson and other great actors. They have some great classes on there. They have classes for direct. You want to say something? Just on that, just yeah. on that note too, um, because it's there's not only just actors you can learn from. I love to watch videos from 
different people, you know, people in different positions on set. So when it comes to masterclass, like I'd be interested in hearing what the directors, like how the directors direct and how the writers, you know, their, their process. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I've been watching videos on variety um, and just listening to panels of writers of what their process is. Because if you know their process, then you know how to kind of, you know, as an actor, what they're looking for and what what stands out to them, how, like, you know what I mean? It's just, if you know different aspects, it can make you yes. a powerful, yes. powerful actor. Yes. It's it's crazy. Like, getting, I'm not even an actor. and I Getting just, in the mind of it. She, she, Diana coaches all of us on how to get ready for auditions, how to do all and of I know, I'm like, not an actor, she's right? She's not an actor, but she, and but, she's not, none of the things that, She's given perspective of a director. She's given perspective of a, of a writer. She's given perspectives mm-hmm. just because she's heard it and learned it so much by watching all those videos and listening to all those panels and things like that. She can still give us valuable information. And I mean, she, I'm I'm new. I just got started, but I've Diane's already got me casted in a play already. And I mean, I did you know I I did pretty extraordinary in the play, you know, and um I I, I saw how great that I could actually be. Um, but she also helped Travis to to get where he is today. My, our son Travis, he's act, he's done old Navy commercials. He's done he's done movies. He's done television. He's done Netflix shows. He's done he, um, Disney. He has a, a, a he had a reoccurring role in um, a reoccurring guest star in Disney in, yeah. in, on, on Disney's um, recurring guest star role on Raven's Home, mm-hmm. and he now currently is a series regular on Bob Parts Abby Shola, a new hit comedy series on CBS, and then we just got season two. So yeah. we're super happy about that. But like, you know, Diana has helped us to get there. So the information that she's giving you is powerful. It's impactful. Please use it. It only works if you apply it, right? Knowledge is not power necessarily. It's the application of that knowledge that is the power. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for, for giving all that you give and doing what you do for the world. I'm so grateful to have you as a as a, as a spiritual partner, as a, as a, a, a manager, as uh, you know, she, man, I just, I'm so grateful for you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys so thank much you. for tuning in to the Go Be Great podcast. Those of you who are listening, who are watching, who are partaking in this in on any platform that you're taking in this information, please, please, please understand that you have to apply the information in order for it to work. Go get some and go be great. <laughs>